That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I am Andrew Dice. And I am Jimmy Olsen. Oh, and this is Batman v Superman by the minute. This is a minute-by-minute rewatch of the movie, and we have finally arrived at minute 15, which is not Jimmy's last, but it is certainly the the minute and the moment that Jimmy Olsen fans can never forget. It's the the shot heard around around the Jimmy Olsen fan Twitter sphere. Based on this minute alone, we could say, hey, there's no evidence that anything bad happens to Jimmy Olsen. Oh, yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah. So... I'd say circumstantial at best. Yes. It's it's a it's a moment of suspense and a terrific cliffhanger that um, I can't wait to, to meet. But uh, some interesting stuff is, again, laid down leading up to that. So Jimmy Olsen's final minute in the film as a living character, spoiler, begins now. Being with power will be neither policy. No principle, Miss Lane. No one is different. No one is neutral. So minute 15, this is kind of the capper on the the longer dialogue from Amajog in the previous. This is where he says that men with power obey neither policy nor principle. He doubles down and then says, no one is different. No one is neutral. He, he really means no one. Yeah. And that's obviously meant to include both of our title characters. Yeah, well, especially when you're talking about the whole the whole movie being about power and powerlessness and and we're, Batman and Superman are both really significant in the way that they use power because you have Superman who is superpowered, then you have Batman who is sort of jealous of that, but then you also throw in um, Lex Luthor and and his motivations which also involve power, and then you have, you know, you have the government too and um you can't you can't disregard policy and principle and do what you want unless you are powerful. That would right. be a, a reason to get power, right? And so I know we kind of really loaded our our last uh, our last minute with a lot of this political discussion. And so let's I maybe mean, consider this more of a footnote to that. Then uh, we don't need to open it up fresh all over again. But I think he's really he's kind of explained the position to Lois what he sees as the truth and is now capping it off with what he believes, right? Like yeah. his idea is. It doesn't seem like he excludes people in his own country from from this, right? He's he's saying, and it's funny too, because I guess cynical view of the world, but it is one that I have a hard time disputing based on the the world as we see it, right? Yeah. Well, and there's a question for me also. There being just cagey enough that we're we're in a world now that is 18 months post meeting the superman mm-hmm. right per the the prequel comics which are you know canon to an extent but also you know a number of like in in movie easter eggs also there's a suggestion that superman has been you know running around doing stuff not just in the united states not just saving cats from trees which i yeah. do believe one easter egg you know suggests he does it also suggests that he's saving people in places that maybe the united states questions whether or not he should be saving people or involving himself well yeah do you want superman to be neutral right exactly and so they don't talk about superman here but i always wonder if there if there's an undertone to what they're saying where you know they live in a world now where you know men with power are is he talking about superman and how superman is superman um, is no different than this guy i'm fighting a war against potentially yeah exactly or is 
does does Superman need to follow the the policies or agendas yeah. of of any country? So I don't know if he's referring to that explicitly. Well, and should it be like America's right? Like yeah. if if no one is neutral, okay, fair. You know, everyone has an interest in something. Whether you're talking about, are you talking about a country? Are you talking about a person? Are you talking about the leader of a nation? Are you talking about Superman? Yeah. Well, and that's what the the Superman question is. What makes that a little bit more interesting to me because that's what Pa Kent was talking yeah. about in Man of Steel is how he would change the world just ba- merely based on his existence and people knowing he existed would change mm-hmm. things. And so, and so they're not having an explicit argument about Superman here, but. They can't be ignorant of his existence or the fact that he's involving himself in international affairs and doesn't have to follow. It's going to make someone you know, the mad. agenda of any country. Yeah, exactly. Right. What what I do is going to be seen as the wrong thing to do by somebody. Yeah. So it's also a, a testament to I think we we both have a lot of strong feelings about the treatment that Jonathan Kent gets among some some people. But you know that was the question is. Was I supposed to just let them die? And he didn't know. And like, hey, guess what? 20, 25 years from now, Charlie Rose is going to be asking the same thing about you. Yeah. Well, and he was asking that as a kid who was struggling whether or not – or not – he wasn't struggling, but he was being told – Pa Kent was telling him – People aren't ready. Yeah. I don't think Pa Kent was telling him, don't save the kids on your bus. But he was telling him, this is an escalating situation. So, yeah, sure, you save the kids on your bus, and that's that's a, that's great, and whatever, I'm happy that you saved. But then what happens when a, there's a plane? Yeah, exactly, or or what happens when when there's a hostage crisis in Iran? <laughs> like, where yeah. do you, yeah. you know, and then you involve yourself in that, and then now suddenly, you know, you are seen as a representative of the United States. Yeah. Um, are you starting a war? Those are all considerations. It hasn't been it hasn't been solved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the best uh, Jonathan can come up with was maybe, and now it's twenty five years later, and we're talking about international incidents. Yeah. Well, and how do you articulate that too? Like as a dad trying to give advice to your kid, and he's like, "So I should have yeah. just let them die." And you know, what's on his mind in that moment? Is he going to say, "Well, you never know. You could spark World War Three, <laughs> But yeah, he really needed Amajog to sit down with him on the back of that truck. Yeah. And say these these pious American fictions, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spoken as truth that if if you can save people, you are obligated to. Yeah, well, and we're talking about a farmer from Kansas trying to articulate this. Like, I think he had a strong sense of principle, but you know, we we find out in this movie that he never left Kansas. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so, how is he supposed to articulate to to Clark this international implication for what he's doing that he that he doesn't know because the average person wouldn't right the average american wouldn't the average person in yeah, any country wouldn't he doesn't know i don't yeah i don't think he necessarily had the answer he just knew i think the fact that he didn't have the answer is kind of what made it so significant to him right yeah. that he's saying yeah. look i don't have the answer for this and so if you go out and and become this right now i can't be a yeah. obviously he's not going to like disown him or anything but like, he can't be a father to him in that way, because he's he's just out of his own depth. And you know what? A, a little bit of love sent to the heartland of America that Jonathan, actually, there is no right yeah. answer. <laughs> so he, he was more right than he realized. Right. This, this scene quickly accelerates into Jimmy Olsen is uncovered as a CIA, uh, I don't know, what you, an agent, yeah, I guess. an operative. You know, yeah, who, uh, who has taken a brightly and loudly blinking <laughs> yeah well it's not just yeah it, it, he um kgb knows exactly where to get it and he yep. knows it's in the camera and he knows it's in the 
the film, or I don't know if he knows, but he conveniently stumbles he upon it. He knows it's in there. Yeah, and uh, I guess just speaks to his astuteness. That got a lot of uh, kind of laughter from <laughs> from people that it was a blinking and beeping. That feels like a like we all know this is movie. This is movie. Yeah, well, you know, it's always a, yeah, it's always a funny complaint to me because yeah, that is that is ridiculous. I'm not going to say it's not ridiculous, but but you zoom into the circuitry and see the little thing blinking and beeping. It's not literally beeping. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what if he pulled out like it's like a like a black dot. Or something, and he's like, "Look, it's a it's a CIA tracker," and it's like, "No, it's not. Exactly. This is a this is a Hollywood movie." That's yeah. Or, and, we, we put the and, tracker into the body of the camera with graphite layer between. Yeah, yeah. And if this was a, a comic book, what would that it would be a, a little blinking light inside exactly. the camera. They right? would say blink, blink, beep, beep. Yeah, I don't I don't mean to make a huge deal out of that. It's, it's, no, no, just, it is just funny that that's. Uh, and I always laugh too when it's beeping and blinking, thinking, "Wow, that film case must have been like soundproof." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your camera blinking? Yeah, exactly. Well, and then that, and then the fact that KGBs can look at it and say CIA, like yep. he's oh the the way the they way the way this one is blinking and beeping yep. tells me you that tell. it's CIA and not yeah um, and not <laughs> MI six or something yep. yeah MI six it goes like bleep bleep yeah exactly bleep. yeah you get that European reverse yeah. bleeping going yeah I want to give our our time with Jimmy here is rapidly running out but I I do want to. Give a shout out to Michael Cassidy. His his performance as Jimmy caught here, I like a lot. I, I've paid more attention to it now. And he basically it's a subtle switch to an operative. Not a not a, you know, secret agent type, but like someone who isn't in the intelligence. Yeah. Well it is funny too, because the switch this version of Jimmy has gotten similar to the tracker, gotten a lot of um, sort of commentary on it because people at least think that they, they want like the old bumbly Jim, Jimmy Olsen. And it's, it is kind of funny watching this role, just how much he actually kind of does embody that. And maybe a little bit of that is in the last minute, but just kind of the the whole like, Oh, Hey, that's, that's my camera. That's my film. What are you mm-hmm. doing there? Is all very like, yeah, well, I can see that very much being like a, Oh, gee, shucks, mister. You're really ruining my film. Yeah. And, uh, and I just kind of love how that it very much feels like a sort of a shout out to Jimmy Olsen, but it's so yeah. out of traditional context that it's, I don't know. I love it. Oh, I'm just picturing the, the the Brad Pitt Robert Redford movie Spy Game mm-hmm. or or the Colin Farrell movie The Recruit yes. except it's Jimmy Olsen yeah. where he just became a very successful photojournalist and then obviously a CIA recruiter was like this guy has exactly what it takes yeah and you know he grows up to be again I said it before I'll say it again this is certainly the coolest Jimmy Olsen because he is infinitely it's hard to even make a photojournalist work. The way that Jimmy Olsen would be like the guy recording things on the street and then replying on his Twitter mentions to like, yeah, but make sure you source me. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. He'd be he'd be a an intern, a um, like a, a social media intern today, yeah. not a journal like a photojournalist. He would be more likely to be like the fixer. Yeah, you know, in this, which he ends up kind of being tagging along with with Lois here. But um, I do I do want to point out because I think this kind of plays out with a. Uh, as people have heard hundreds of – or what, 14 times now. Yeah. But there's – Amajog seems to be angered or what seems to finally do it is that Jimmy says there are solutions, General. 
I'm authorized to propose an arrangement. Do you know what's funny about that? Hmm. That is not in the theatrical cut. Wow. Oh, it's just, it skips from the, from him pointing the gun to him pulling the trigger, right? Yeah. So yeah. they find the trigger and then they just shoot him. Um, there is no, there is no dialogue. Jimmy is just, he's a really bad CIA agent. Yeah. In the, in the theatrical cut. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I love that wording so much because I think, again, it goes to a lot of what we already talked about and I don't want to repeat myself. Yeah. But Jimmy, on behalf of America, yeah, which is supposed to be neutral and has claimed to be respectful and neutral, says there are solutions. And he doesn't say I'm authorized to propose a deal. I'm authorized to propose an arrangement. Yeah, which is implicitly deceitful, or it's a it's a give and take. It's a you know scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah, and everything that this guy has said up to that paints him as a character who would not tolerate that. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this to, to better my own position is kind of how this comes out is that, that you would come here and expect to kind of make me subservient or a partner in some other way. Yeah. I'm not going to be one of the people who, who obeys, which maybe he can, he counts himself as a, as a man with power or he would like to. And in order yeah. to demonstrate that he is, he, he, he needs to reject policy and principle being foisted upon him. Yeah, um, at which point, exactly on the 15-minute mark, he pulls the trigger and we are left in suspense. Has he – is it a blank? <laughs> is it uh, an airsoft? Has it been fired beside Jimmy's head to scare him or send a message? Um, we, we won't know for now, I guess. Yeah, we have uh... – we have no idea, but I I did not get the impression that they were playing around personally. Yeah, true. Jimmy was authorized to propose an arrangement, but it seems like he's going to pay, I guess, for the uh, defiance of policy and principle. Yeah. The other interesting thing about this scene, it's sort of been a lot of theories going around saying, you know, all those people that, that want to find a way to, to keep the uh, the real Jimmy Olsen in the uh, in the movies Jimmy Olsen truthers yeah is that um maybe this is a he's not Jimmy he's just using Jimmy's identity as a cover cuz i think he even says to Lois uh what we used your your credentials as cover yeah which maybe sort of proposes the question of oh so if they used Lois's credentials cover? for cover does that mean that his identity is also a cover? And, you know, that would make sense. Why Why would he go in with his real name if he's a CIA agent? You know, that could be probably referenced. But um, Zack Snyder did say explicitly in an interview that this is, in fact, Jimmy Olsen. And basically, they had most of the stories that they wanted to tell mapped out. As we know now, there was basically a five-movie plan, sending them hurtling into direct conflict with Darkseid himself. And there's just not really any space for Jimmy Olsen and a story about the Justice League versus Darkseid. Yeah. But they didn't want to just ignore him, and so they thought this would be a cool way to use him. Well, and also, like, wow, what an unthinkable turn that an American photojournalist with a nose for danger ends up being killed. Yeah. For for whatever reason, you know. Yeah, well, and we're talking about innocence. Yeah. And, and there is no innocence here, and so... So the guy that Jimmy Olsen, you know, they kind of give someone that sort of resembles that, but they say, no, even, even that. And a lot of people thought that they'll characterize this as, as Zack Snyder killing Jimmy off just to be edgy. And, you know, maybe there's an element of truth to that. I'm sure that there, he's sort of setting a tone here of like, nobody is safe, not even your precious Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. I don't get the impression that he's doing that just to be like some sort of edgelord, like, you know, happily killing off innocent characters because he finds it super hardcore and makes I, him... Yeah, I think Jimmy introduced into a story that 
as it is presented is not about him. It is, it's, yeah. it's not about Clark Kent, the, you know, intrepid reporter in, in that particular way. So, yeah. Hey, you know what? Clark's going to be doing the work himself. <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's no longer about getting a picture of Superman. We live in an age where I don't know how Jimmy would possibly <laughs> become yeah. famous for, I got a photo of him. It just so happened I had my camera out. Yeah. And, you know, and especially in this world, like you start running into that, oh, there's someone who's famous for taking pictures of Superman, but we still don't know that he's Clark Kent, who, yeah. you know, is a close friend of, of Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Like that just doesn't. It was a way to fit him here. in. Yeah. Well, and you're going to, we're going to rip this movie apart for, for stuff like, and I want to say we, but people are going to criticize this movie for stuff like the tracker beeping or, <laughs> or whatever. Yet at the same time, out of the other side of our mouth, say this movie needed the traditional Jimmy Olsen yeah. in it. You know, you, you can't have that. <laughs> I don't think you can have that both ways. We, we can weep that there are no parades for Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen being killed. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If you're upset by it, I, I respect that. I don't have a, a particular love for, for the character. Yeah. Well, what is it that, I mean, maybe it's a, a Jeff Johns thing or just a DC thing in general that every character is somebody's favorite character. Yeah. So if for the people who, who, for whom Jimmy was their favorite, I'm so sorry. You know what? If this was a ginger Jimmy, I might feel differently. Yeah. But I have, we have Lois now. We, the gingers have mm-hmm. Lois, so we can move on. But hey, who knows? He might make it out of this minute. Uh, we don't know. Maybe he's going to be, maybe he'll have his watch. He can uh, signal Superman for help and then be uh, in the sequel. Uh, but that'll do it for this minute, minute 15. We've, we've reached our first quarter hour. Yeah. You want to know a, a real quick fun fact about Jimmy Olsen? Absolutely. So uh, Jesse Eisenberg originally auditioned for the role of Jimmy Olsen. This role? Th- that is what I read. Wow. So maybe they maybe the role evolved a little bit as the script changed, mm. but he originally came in to audition for this role. I think Michael Cassidy, that's his name, right? Yeah. I think Michael Cassidy did a great job, and I can kind of see um, Eisenberg pulling off something similar, but um, as we will... As we know, he ended up in a very different role that we'll we'll be talking about in a few minutes here. Yeah, luckily he dodged controversy. Yeah, <laughs> and was cast as Lex Luthor instead. Yeah. Oh man, imagine if he had been cast as Jimmy Olsen and been criticized wow. for mishandling the character. Can't believe. That- and, and we wasted an actor like Eisenberg that could have done such great stuff. Oh yeah. I stand for Lex. I don't know what that word means, but I will claim it. I think honestly, the big takeaway is Superman can really only practically save one person at a time and i would rather lois survive this than jimmy yeah if i have to choose sorry jimmy went out very cool uh he's got possibly the cosplay i would most respect if i saw it in person is someone dressed up as this jimmy olsen with the camera oh yeah if anyone has photos of that please send it to me (laughs) please send it to (laughs) us on twitter at bvs by the minute we are getting alarmingly close to having Batman, Envy, and Superman in this movie. I feel like every minute I say, we're at the end of the minutes that are punctuated by a gunshot or an explosion or something big happening, and then it happens again. So here's yet another minute. We go out with a bang. So yeah, we will. Uh, we hope you will join us again for minute 16 when we find out the fate of Jimmy Olsen and take one step closer to uh, seeing how Superman fits into all of this. Until then, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I, I can't think of any way to possibly tee this up. Well, I think the episode is a perfect lead in, so let's just hear it. Yeah, it's all led to this. Say goodnight, Jimmy. Miss Lane! Miss Lane! Jimmy Olsen, photographer. You! Come on, no, no! No! It's okay, Lois. Ela and Tun Tarayan and Aqua General. 
His job was to recruit the best. I would like to welcome you here to the CIA Special Training Facility. Those of you who do graduate will be official cover operatives. Jimmy Olsen, photographer. And then he found someone who was perfect. You graduated top of your class at MIT. You're agile, athletic. I am recruiting you. Would you like to? Uh, obviously. He will train him. Yeah. Push him. Reach the parking lot with an asset who intends to have sex with you. You want us to pick up a girl? Okay, that's my film. He will challenge him. Rule number one. Do not get caught. I love this part. Go, go! You know what Hiron always says when we're on assignment together? Uh... Not a goddamn thing. Yes! The Recruit. Nothing is what it seems.